0: Hey, everybody, this is Josh from Hey, We Just Saw a Movie. The episode you're about to listen to is our 30th episode, and it was taped live during the swell of the call for justice against systemic racism. And in this episode, we discuss the movie Do the Right Thing and talk about race in America. There are links in the description uh, where people can educate themselves about the issues and help bring about change. This is a two-parter, so make sure you start here on part one all right so i'm josh i'm michelle and uh this is hey we just saw a movie and uh we just did see a movie we we saw yeah we saw, we saw a, a movie. movie we did uh some of you guys already know that's why we're streaming and you're watching we watched do the right thing and uh it's a movie i've probably not seen in about 25 years maybe something like it's that a movie
1: so, i've never seen before
0: so yeah we'll have a a fresh old perspective and then we'll have a fresh 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 or fresh young
1: fresh fresh perspective
0: perspective um
1: you're old fresh i'm Uh, old fresh i'm new fresh
0: so yeah we yeah we wanted to do this as a way to kind of use the movie as kind of a launch pad for discussion about everything that's going on um in the world essentially um and injustice um uh racial issues in america there's there's so many like avenues and directions we can go with this but we're gonna try to be narrow i spent most of my time doing all the technical stuff for this the last three days so my uh notes are kind of so i'm gonna be winging it michelle might be a little bit more structured and um if you guys have any questions or anything throw them in the comments um actually if you uh i forget but uh, yeah, or any, any thoughts, we can kind of go through those. But um, first of all, we'll just kind of go with a little bit like what we usually do. And this is uh, going to be a very loaded question, but keep it brief. How was your week?
1: Oh, gosh. I, really? We're going to do this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a, uh, it was a week. It was a week. Yeah. That's, that's what I'll say. It was a week. I will say it's, I mean, we've all been stuck at home. Anyway, and I always work from home anyway, but, um, the whole like COVID and then wanting to be out in the marches and then really kind of weighing like that whole thing. And then also just kind of being on, like I've already been on social media a lot usually, but, um, it kind of was taking up all of my, all of the space in my brain and making it it was just hard to work this week that's that's all i'm trying to say (laughs) like trying to focus on my day job which part of my day job is social media um so i'm on the platform and then it's just a stream of everything that's going on and so i'm obviously very distracted and i couldn't i couldn't bring myself to post anything like work-wise at all this week i posted one one very important message um and that's all I couldn't, I couldn't function. I, I did get some work done. I did work guys, <laughs> but like, I did work. <laughs> I'm just so saying. Don't
0: fire me. I'm
1: just saying it was, it was definitely distracted, um, this week. And there's a lot of emotions going on. And yeah. Yeah. How was your week?
0: My week. Oh, <laughs> if you saw my Facebook and Instagram and replies on, uh, christian sub forums and reddit you'll know that my week was um trying to uh nice nicely educate people and Mm -hmm. also you know let people know like what the real deal is so i was very angry i guess that was last week technically but i one reason i didn't want to go out because i would have tore some stuff up to be honest with you Mm. so i was like ah let me sit my black behind in this chair and wait and let uh, the let the calm wash over me let the let the Christian man wash over me or the nice man wash over me and uh chill for a second and gather myself. I think kind of like killer Mike was saying, like plot, strategize, and then execute and so you know we had to think about I have unknown um immune issues that pop up randomly, you know, I'll go to the doctor and they'll be like, are you 75 years old? Nope. Like, do you have HIV? I'm like, nope. (laughs) Nope. And they're like, why do you have this issue? I'm like, that's why I'm here to ask you. So I didn't want to go out and march for a while for those two reasons. I didn't want to get caught up in the flurry and I didn't want to get sick. But, you know, seeing everything this week that was going on and um, seeing uh, people also settling down, and um, me just, you know, kind of just being like, all right, well, let's just do this. And, you know, whatever happens, happens in a way. And that's a dumb statement. But I'm just saying, like, we took a lot of precautions. We wore a double mask. Um, we I tried was, to keep distance. Yeah, I was constantly dragging us to the could. sides of the,
1: the <laughs> so, march and staying. You know, you know what I did find out? This was my strategy was there were cars uh, driving along with us in the march. Um, so I was they were. I was using them as my barrier. <laughs> right. So I wasn't marching in the cars. Um, that was that was my way of our social distancing.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of um I think I think the, the thing about this week that was really interesting to me is like people are really showing who they are, whether it's good or bad or neutral. Like you're finding out who's for World War Two's two terms that everybody knows and uses a lot. You 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 found out who is team Germany, who is team, you know, allies, and who is team Switzerland. Some people oh. were like, oh, well, you know, we go. Uh, and that's like team Switzerland and other people were team Germany and other people were allies. So, you know, I, that, that really was, even though it kind of sucked, it was kind of encouraging to be like, all right, I know where you stand. All right, mm, cool. I yeah. know like where you're at in this situation. And not to say people can't, change or people can't realize or grow or whatever it's uh i just know where they are currently and somewhere they've been for like 20 or 30 years so um yeah so that's kind of yeah was our week but it was great to see so many people out and we you know for me it meant a lot to go to to march over to beverly hills because everybody loves beverly hills because it's wealth and where i uh, you know everybody wants to be rich and famous and and uh everybody wants to kind of climb over other people's backs so that we they can live in that city or buy things mm-hmm. from that city so it's cool to kind of go there and talk about have the people talk and uh black lives matter uh, uh organizers and everybody to be able to speak there on that um Beverly Hills uh park that they newly renovated
1: that iconic where right? it says Beverly Hills and it's got the little... um what, pond or whatever in front of it and like it's so recognizable right to anybody um that's what they picture when they think of beverly hills so that's where we were
0: yeah so it was, it was cool people were you know i know uh, the news has done a way better job than they have previously but you know they've been like worrying people everybody was cool everybody was chill there were so many shades of people out there people were laying in the lawn you know
1: so peaceful so much love yeah. Right. Like oh, there's there
0: was was so many. So I got what three water bottles, <laughs> a bunch of gummy snacks. Josh was like
1: I never got so many snacks. I was like,
0: "Mots, uh, gummies, <laughs> yeah." They're like you want a Nature Valley bar? I was like, "I'll take the two. cars."
1: Most of the cars that were joining, uh, in the driving, in the people had big signs on them that said, um, "Like, I have snacks. I have medical. Um, so do you need a band aid? Ask me for sunscreen. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you have water? Do you need water? And there's just the whole." walk was just full of people supporting and wanting to help and be there for each other it yeah it was nice
0: it was nice i just realized i'm still wearing these and i don't need them anymore
1: okay <laughs> get rid of your headphones <laughs> um
0: and that's when the volume goes bad
1: i uh, hate hey everybody that just joined us
0: yeah
1: uh if you have any comments along the way uh shoot them in the Comments and we'll see um, We'll
0: see We'll try
1: and if it's a question, we'll try and answer it. Uh, so, so let yeah. us know what you're thinking.
0: Um, last like for me, last thing with that, I, um, there was a ton of really great signs and and chants and different things. But I think my favorite one was, yeah, uh, yeah dump your racist boyfriend. <laughs> 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 oh, the racist boyfriends. I've seen some of those. They're not yeah. fun. You're like, what? Yeah. Why are you with what?
1: Uh, why Who? What?
0: it's tough when it's your husband you're like oh oh <laughs> Uh-oh. You know, didn't know I don't about know that, that before uh things you, went you down. hit yourself to that wagon i don't know now you spend decades of apologizing yeah so yeah that was our week um all right so yeah we uh yeah let's just get into the movie we usually talk okay. about what else we're what else watching, we're we're skip watching that but, today. Yeah. the news um
1: <laughs> basically <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, so do the right thing. Um, you want to go the synopsis? You want to do your oh, usual yeah. snap yeah, yeah, Of it,
1: I almost forgot. Actually, I did forget.
0: Okay, let well, well, she, oh, you. Got IMDb
1: it. got it. All right, IMDb says, on the hottest day of the year, on a street in the Bedford Stuyvesant St- section of Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Everyone's hate and bigotry smolders and builds until it explodes into violence. Yes. There Accurate. We go. IMDb. <laughs> there we go. Always,
0: IMDb, we always leave it up to them for the one sentence. One to sentence. Be able to Just quickly. Summary. This is a better summary than most yeah, of the ones we've pretty read. pretty good. Um, better if, than
1: the last one, I think. I can't remember. I yeah. feel like the last one, I don't remember it which one was, that yeah. was, but by the anyway. way
0: this is episode 30 yeah rip torn Yay. it confetti episode 30 um so this movie is funny i didn't um remember as much of the movie as i thought i knew the ending i remember the ending and i remember some of the things but there was so much more i think because i'm older um possibly that i'm able to look at this movie in a totally different light um which is really interesting um, because when i was younger and i watched it i focused mainly on the end and the results and not really what led up to the what led up to that result mm mm-hmm. and at the this time around it was really interesting because like it says it says um everyone's hating bigotry um, smolders and bubbles until it explodes into violence and it really it kind of made me think about like kind of this week of how Many of the emotions that I had, and really go into that process, and then being able to kind of like break it down, and then take action. That I don't believe was uh, was uh, bigotry or hatred towards anything. It was just just had to be real with people, and as polite as I could, and then peacefully march, and you know do that. Um, as opposed to lashing out in any sort of way towards anybody. So I think, yeah, this time around, it, it makes, if you watch the movie, you can really see how your, essentially how all of this got started, minus the 400 years, but the the, the how one person's decision can spark so many people to make other decisions and to make so many other choices. So it's like, we have to be very careful about how we, um, of what we say, what we do, and then how we react to that. Mm-hmm. And obviously in some cases, you know, you just got to roll, literally roll with the punches. But um, in a lot of cases, some things got, get to a point that they shouldn't have gotten to because you or other people should have said or done something before it got to that point. So I think, that was the thing. Like when I was younger, it was like, the man sucks. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. um, I was living in New York. Uh-huh. This wasn't like a movie to me. Like I, I saw this happen to people. I saw um, I, my grandparents lived in Bedford-Stuyvesant. Um, so I saw these types of things. Um, you know, I saw, you know, as people love to talk about black on black crime. And then I saw the police as well being black or white, um, pulling people over, harassing people, things like that. So it's something that was really hard for me at the time to see many different perspectives because I was only uh, eight eight or nine and I only saw the perspective. What I saw was a young black kid and how the city portrayed me and the people uh, who looked like me. Um, but then how I could possibly portray other people in a certain way that doesn't help the, you know, it's obviously I'm a nine year old black kid. I had very little power, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I'm saying like, um, but even with the little power that I have, you know, or I had was, you know, to not, and I never did like spark any kind of craziness because You know, another thing I'll say is like, my all my family has served the United States for generations. So, like, that's kind of been instilled in me in some sort of way. Not to say I couldn't do something different from that or, you know, be somebody who riots or whatever. But, you know, uh, my grandparent, my both of my grandfathers in World War II. My father was a New York City transit cop. My mom was a teacher in New York City and in Texas. I am currently a teacher. My uncle was a teacher. Um, My grandmother was a teacher. Mm -hmm. So we've all served in some sort of public kind of space or around that um, for at least three generations. And then my my great-grandfather was a pastor, which is essentially a teacher and and a public official of some public servant of some sort. So... You know, it, it's it's something that, you know, um, is is just was kind of interesting to think about as I like reflect on a lot of things that have happened this week uh, and how I can take action and how other people can kind of take action. Um, just if you don't even have that background or whatever, let's say, I don't know, you have a background of people who fight all the time, <laughs> being able to take <laughs> a step back and be like, oh, let me see it from that person's perspective and then try to bridge a gap or something sometimes you can't sometimes you just gotta walk away but
1: yeah <laughs> yeah
0: So i don't know that was my basic <laughs> original thought
1: gotcha uh yeah i think as i i like this movie as a whole um i think that it's at the end was well i mean all of it obviously is relevant all of this whole movie could just have come out Last week. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, sadly, it's surprising how there's nothing new. Yeah. Right? There's nothing new in this movie. Um, to me. Um, but anyway, and then the, how the events at the end could have just been on the news yesterday. Yeah. You know? So that's, that's the sad part. And we'll get into all of this more probably in a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's my thoughts for now.
0: We have a we have a question Carrie asked if the police were nice to us in Beverly Hills. Uh the police were very nice to us in Beverly Hills. Um it was a little uh, weird. They had um off to the side, but well, I guess it makes sense. By the police station the National Guard was there. And then they had two dump truck, not dump trucks. They had two
1: Oh, they had giant dumpsters uh, that were blocking yeah. the streets and then they had National Guard. Yeah. So it's interesting because the police station is on one side of the street and then that iconic Beverly Hills thing is on the yeah, other. there's
0: a long park that runs down yeah. Santa Monica in so Beverly Hills. So that's where the,
1: the march essentially ended was in between those two things. Um, and so they had blocked off all the streets so nobody could really go anywhere else. A lot of these marches are more like funneled by yeah. the police, really. Yeah, it's like some but sort of
0: negotiation
1: we didn't have any problems. We didn't barely have any interactions.
0: Like it seemed like, so they blocked, uh, they blocked off the streets. Um, that was a good thing. And I don't know, like, yeah, I'm, yeah, obviously I'm not an organizer, but I don't know if they spoke to the police beforehand, but when we, so we were trying to find the march. We went (laughs) to Pan Pacific park, and then we were like, we don't want to march in a in a, in a bowl because essentially Pan Pacific Park just like goes down, down and you can't see anything that's going on and that doesn't really make people think per se. So then a friend of ours, Gregory, goes, oh, we we saw his post, we're in Hollywood. So we drove back home about 10, 15 minutes, parked the car, and then tried to go out. And then we realized, oh, they're gone. They
1: like, had already moved.
0: <laughs> so I called him. I'm like, hey, where are you? He's like, we're at Fairfax. <laughs> And where we just were, yeah, we're for the so, other march. Yeah.
1: Anyway, there was a lot of marches going on, so we're trying to find. So yeah, they're where splitting and
0: then converging and splitting up again. So we we went to Fairfax, Santa Monica, parked our car, two hour parking, and um, I think we were
1: there for like four or five yeah, hours. Yeah, we were gone. No, for and
0: so yeah, <laughs> we they had already kind of blocked the street off, and we're following everybody. So we just merged in and walked like. The most overall. police
1: presence I felt was they were lining the streets and then the, the LAPD the and the sheriff choppers were circling quite a bit.
0: Yeah. The, but that was
1: I mean, I didn't see any altercations with anybody. It was all yeah. very peaceful. It was all just letting the, us do our yeah. thing.
0: People were people were on the way back high fiving National Guard and the National Guard was like pointing and doing fists and stuff like that. Um
1: Which I'm I'm Hearing they've been called out, so Oh
0: yeah? They're nice. going away. <laughs> the uh, yeah, they're kinda of standing around. We've yeah. seen them just like we've seen random humvees we just don't sitting need them. around. But uh yeah, the uh, I think the only time that it was interesting was on the corner of Santa Monica and La Cienica. Because it was stuck, and then we were about to go, and I was like, I want to go to Beverly Hills. I think everybody's going to Beverly Hills. So then they moved the dumpsters out of the way. Oh, yeah, they and moved the barriers. We went. We so just... I don't know what kind of negotiation that was yeah. or if they knew they couldn't stop us. But, yeah, we just occupied all streets, literally. And, um, yeah, it was, it was really interesting. It was very empowering. It definitely felt like um, a lot more people are realizing um, the things that – I will just say us, we have gone through um, and are still going through and no one's really talked about. Um, And so, yeah, it's, it's good to have support. Anybody knows that any human being, you know, we've gone through the women's movement and we're still going through that. We're always going to probably going through that for a while. And that's what people talk about. They're like, I want to be heard. Like when I say that someone attacked me, don't just go, eh, what were you wearing blah 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 blah. i bet you were doing this Uh, you're probably a criminal all these things like it's the same stuff they're doing the same thing um to african-american people as they're doing to women just trying to discredit so it's just great that a lot of people are being like nah we're not gonna hear hear that noise anymore we're gonna listen to people so it was a good match
1: thanks for the question carrie (laughs) yeah
0: sorry i may give long answers (laughs) I haven't talked to anybody in a while. I've been <laughs> Twitter fingering people. Uh, that sounds weird.
1: <laughs> yep. <And laughs> Can't edit on. live. Moving All on. All right. So, uh,
0: <laughs> okay. So yeah, let's get into yeah, like the beginning of uh, the movie. Like the first thing we see, um, Rosie Perez dancing. Oh,
1: okay. So can I give you my did you know trivia yeah, yeah, fact yeah, do on it. that one? So. The opening of the movie, if you haven't seen it, hopefully you have watched it, but um, if you haven't, it opens with Rosie Perez dancing to um, Fight the Power, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she keeps changing outfits, and it's the, it, I, it seemed like it was the entire song, um, or almost the entire song, but anyway, she keeps changing outfits, and she's just dancing this whole time, so I thought, well, this is awesome, but also I thought, how long did this shoot take? <laughs> like... 'Cause I feel like she probably had to dance through that song a million times. So anyway, yeah. uh the the answer to that is it took eight hours. A full work day.
0: Now I wonder if she looked tired. Yeah. She <laughs> dancing was like, I can't
1: do that song and and to note that her dancing is that's how she this was her first film role, her first acting role. And um Spike found her. He was at a birthday party at a club,
0: mm-hmm.
1: saw her dancing and um she was like standing on a speaker or something dancing to a song and um he was like you're gonna get hurt you gotta come down so he was trying to get security to bring her down and she was like you can't tell me what to do and got all up in his face and and so anyway he loved her and um immediately offered her the role in the movie he was nice. like hey you want to come be in my movie she was like okay my sister lives a couple blocks from there sure
0: um so rosie Perez, I, I i don't remember we watched that psychedelics movie on um it, mm-hmm. when she started dancing i mind me of that because she went to a party or she went to a club and then somebody put lsd in her drink oh right and she was like i was a good catholic <laughs> girl she said, i didn't drink I didn't smoke, anything i just danced sex, nothing she's like i just danced that's it and she's like somebody put this in her drink and she was just kind of like what did she, say? she was the, like, floor was moving, the floor was or moving or she was afraid
1: like she was going to drown and she was like swimming on the floor. Right. And like something yeah. else happened. I think she
0: said her, her boobs started swelling. Oh yeah. She was like afraid. That. Yeah. Her... And then she was going to fly away or something. <laughs> and so, yeah. It's, Don't do <laughs> yeah, she, so, It's another Rosie Perez story. Yeah. But um.
1: anyway, so that was, that was my fact on Rosie's on the opening.
0: It's funny because as a kid, I was like, this is really long. The opening? <laughs> was like,
1: it was really long. I
0: was like. This could have been shorter, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I still stand by that. I think it was great. I think she did a good job, but I think I was I'm like, oh, it's kind of long. Yeah. But, um, you know, whatever. I think how she
1: felt filming that. Yeah, she did hours. look kind of like,
0: oh man, like, <laughs> can we, can we like I didn't count how many wardrobe
1: changes there were. I wish I had.
0: It reminded me actually of the Cosby show a lot.
1: Oh yeah, like a little the, dancing uh, opener. One of,
0: the, one of the seasons, yeah, when they danced. And, um, sh- yeah, it was, I was kind of like when it started, I was like, oh yeah, this is kind of like a theme that a Cosby show theme going on. But, um, yeah, it was, it was interesting as the movie starts to see that the sun is a character, <laughs> you know, like the heat and the oh, sun yeah, that's, the being, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's being generated is, the, is like kind of the antagonist of everyone.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's
0: like everyone is against the sun and it's. Yeah it's the constant player in like everybody's life because every, and that, uh, what's that called? The, the well, great equalizer, essentially. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're uh, black Latino, Puerto Rican, Italian, whatever. Like when it was hot in New York city, it was hot. It was just hot pretty much everywhere. <laughs> there was a, yeah. it's not some people who are in Texas. They're like, well, just turn on the AC. It's like, there's no AC. There's just fans. <laughs> That's just fans from the 70s (laughs)
1: that's
0: it and and windows that hopefully open all the way up that's it but then also some cross breeze you're in you're in you're on concrete as well so that's problematic yeah it's just hot and it doesn't matter pretty much if you're rich or poor unless you're ultra rich you're gonna have problems with the heat so yeah another thing i didn't think about when i was a kid Funny thing is I watched the I diaries. watched this in film film school when I was there for one year. Mm. Um before I dropped out. But uh I dropped out of film school. I didn't drop out, drop out. But yeah, that that was a uh, an interesting thing. And um I think the uh the the cool thing, you know, about the right when it starts you see like the the vision that Spike has and the cinematographer as well. Mm. of like what they're trying to achieve and how they're going to go out doing it with um you know the way that the characters are introduced how they come into frame and you know it's almost like monologues essentially it's like a lot of spikes movies were kind of like plays in a way because yeah. the character comes on and then speaks mm. to you you know really directly and you know pretty much announces who they are and, and what their thought process is and um that's something that, you know, I think is still stands out to this day. Like it's, it's not, um, tired or boring or anything right. like that. So. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I did notice speaking of cinematography, I did notice one of the things, one of the things that I picked up was, um, uh, who was it? Radio, uh, Raheem scenes, or actually more with Sal when he, he was, when they were getting worked up, the camera angle was tilted. So everything was sideways. Which is, I guess, what was going on. Everything was sideways. <laughs> People were upset. Uh So yeah, I thought that was an interesting. Uh, what do they say? A vehicle for uh, expressing
0: that. Yeah, the um, that was yeah that was something that we talked about when I was taking a class that um, if you notice when. Mayor comes on the scene, and this the kids are talking to Mayor. They're looking down at him, and he's looking up as a way of you know him being, I guess, not meek, but seeming less than because they're picking on him, and he's, you know, he's a bum, he's a drunk, and Mm -hmm. so people don't really respect him that much. Right. Um, So yeah, like the the different ways that they yeah they did the slants and they did the angles and everything are all just like these these notes to convey the story without saying like this is the person you, know, you know in some ways they said it but this is the person that people don't like or this is right. the person that right you know and and also just the way that it shows um uh what's his name uh uh Pollo hermanos what's his name what was Giancarlo
1: Giancarlo Esposito yeah,
0: yeah. what was his character's name
1: oh um uh bugging out
0: yeah so
1: (laughs) sorry yeah round glasses (laughs) that's how i remember things
0: (laughs) so yeah his character like when the dude stepped out of sneakers same kind of thing it was just like oh the anger was Mm -hmm. just so in your face literally and so you could just see what was going on in this i think that was that was really cool
1: so this was filmed in a real neighborhood um they took over the block and they um were You know, wanted to make sure they were respectful of the residents that live there. And they, um, I think, included some of them, uh, probably as extras. We're like, hey, maybe come play in the fire hydrant. We're going to open up on your street. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the only two things that were not on that block were the shops at the end. The uh, pizzeria was fully built on an empty lot somewhere. And they built a working, um, like it was a working pizzeria. (laughs) Basically, like the actors were actually making pizzas. (laughs) Um, And that was a real oven and like they had them actually doing stuff. Um, And then the shop on the other corner, the little fruit uh, or the little corner store um, wasn't really on that block. They built that also on a set or on an empty lot somewhere. Those things uh, that weren't there. But they and then they changed the coloring of the block to like you were saying, portray more uh, to make the heat more felt in the scenes. They did like the richer, like the red orange tones. So, interesting.
0: The um movie facts. The uh so anybody who hasn't been to New York, that's kind of, you know, obviously most of it is what it looks like and then even those kind of corner stores or bodegas or whatever, that's kind of pretty much what it looks like. Um and you I don't know what it's like now, but you did have people that weren't sometimes living in that neighborhood. You didn't have, you know, in 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 Beverside I was in Brooklyn you know it was a large uh, black Latino population um, you had people that were uh, Chinese uh, Japanese you know running stores um, you had some people from the Middle East uh, you had Italians running stores so there was definitely the the reality of this movie was uh, you definitely had cultures mixing and not just cultures like kind of like we are now where we're kind of one gender, two, three generations removed. This is like some of these people like just came from China. Um, Like he says in the movie, like how did they, how did they just come here?
1: He thought they got off the boat a year ago and they already have a successful store in that neighborhood. Yeah. Were they Korean? I think so.
0: Yeah. So,
1: um, well actually let me back up. I don't know. But they were referred so. to as Korean. Yeah,
0: that's, that's yeah. I don't know. So, um, yeah. So you would have situations like that happen, and you you've got to be able to understand people and 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 work with people that don't look like you or don't come from the same country as you or know all the dialect and all the things. So it definitely makes things tougher when you know. And you see in the movie where Radio Rahim is mad at uh, the couple for not speaking English the way that they should and then they're mad at him for talking loud. (laughs) Like it's just, you know, they're trying to have a business and like, why are you coming here loud? And he's just like, that's just who I am. I'm loud. And then he's like, why aren't you speaking English? Like, because I I am, first of all, I am speaking English. It's just not the way that you think English should be spoke or whatever. So yeah, it's just a lot of things that kind of have to be worked on It just, it
1: seemed like the general of the movie was everybody wanted to be understood. Yeah. Everyone wanted to be able to feel what they wanted to feel and then feel like they were understood. Except for, um, what's his face? Uh, Chichoro's character, Pino.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. He kind of didn't want to understand anybody.
1: He didn't want to understand anybody. (laughs) He just wanted
0: to be understood only.
1: I don't even think he, he cared he wanted, if he was understood. Oh, he I think just he just talk. wanted to spout uh. whatever he had to say. Okay, so let's, let's back up. For anybody who hasn't seen the movie. Um, there's a lot. So we're on one block in New York. And everybody lives on this block. And it's kind of just one day. And um, the main character is um, Mookie. Yep. And he works at the pizzeria run by Sal. Uh, so, it's an Italian pizzeria at the end of the block. And um, so, the pizzeria is Sal and his two sons, Pino and Vino, right? Yeah. <laughs> Pinot and Vino.
0: Wine and a type like, of wine?
1: Yeah. Or what people call wine? Vino?
0: Yeah, wine. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm yeah, wine yeah, the same. Wine is Vino. Word wine. And then so Pinot okay. is a type of wine. Yeah.
1: And so, anyway, so we meet Mookie's friends. Um, the Italian family doesn't have any friends. Like, outside the neighborhood, you know, like, yeah. um, they just basically stay in the shop the whole time. Yeah. Um, it seems so, like they go
0: back. They don't live, they there. Don't they live go there. They don't there. They go back to Bensonhurst or wherever.
1: Yeah. So, um, so one of Mookie's friends, one of and kicks off early, this kind of thing is established and then it rolls back around later and kind of intermittently throughout the movie, um, is, um, Giancarlo's character, um, what was his name again? Buggin' Out. Yeah. Uh, they, he goes into the pizzeria. He eats there every day. Um, he's You know how restaurants have and dry cleaners and stuff that have like the wall of celebrities? <laughs> they do. Like, no, 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 it's just <laughs> funny because <I>, that's exactly <laughs>
0: like, you know dry cleaners, they just have random <laughs> celebrities from 1984
1: on there. Or, you know, like like deli, wherever, restaurants will put up like celebrities, right? Usually it's somebody that's come in and they have a signed picture on the wall, whatever. Uh, so this pizzeria, Sal has put up only italian american celebrities on the wall um and uh bugging out looks up one day and notices this and he's like hey hey wait a minute you're in a black neighborhood there's not a single other person on this wall other than italian people and so he gets kind of like into sal with this and is like yo why don't you have any black people on the wall and uh, Sal so was like, because I don't have to. This is my spot. So they kind of get into it. And then Bugging Out decides that he's going to boycott Sal's. So that's what that, that was the um, beginning of that whole thing. So that is kind of Bugging Out's mission throughout the movie is he's trying to get people to boycott. <laughs> um, and then the rest of it is like seeing the different pockets of people in the neighborhood and what they're doing during the day and how they're feeling and what they're discussing with each other so it's kind of the run through of the synopsis i guess
0: <laughs> yeah so uh, like on that note with the representation because um, it's it's kind of funny because like i feel like there needs to be representation in places for the people that are working there and people that are being served it's kind of like when you go to wells fargo and then they put pictures of wiley or la or whatever and just oh, right like,
1: like wherever you are uh, in the neighborhood who,
0: wells fargo doesn't care about any city they're in they just <laughs> they're just like we're here to make money so um the workers do but i'm saying the corporation right uh so it, it's in your best interest to do something like that but do you have to do it not really like if i go into a shop if i went into a pizzeria actually the pizzeria down the block from where i lived in queen's I think there were some Italian guys on there, but I didn't care. I was just like, (laughs) these are Italian. (laughs) So it's just like, I'm an Italian restaurant. Like, you know, I'm not, if I'm going to open up, if I'm going to open up a, a, uh, African restaurant, I'm not going to put a picture of Frank Sinatra up. I'm just uh, like what that. Right. Okay. Or I'm not even going to put up pictures of like the city per se, you know, maybe the city councilmen or people, you know, but so it's like, uh, in 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 that application, it's kind of like hey, what. But in kind of like you were saying before we got on, the the argument the argument for representation is very important. But the argument of how you're represented is even more important. Like like choose your battles of mm-hmm. representation. Because I'm not going to fight for uh, black people being put in Italian restaurants. I'm going to fight for black people not being shot. I'm gonna yeah. fight for um, people not calling us names. I'm gonna fight for all sorts of other things. But I mean, if somebody has a business, if somebody has an ice cream shop, and you know, there's a different thing. Like if there were all the presidents on the wall, and then there was like, "Where's Obama?" Right. And they're like, "Yeah, we don't do that." And then I'm like, "Uh, uh-uh. yeah. I'm not doing this." Right. But you know, if you if you're just like, "Hey, I'm Greek, and we're just gonna okay. put Greek people up here, like Papa Cristo. Papa I'm Cristo. like do all the greek you want i'm gonna eat that food because (laughs) i love me some greek food so i
1: miss papa crystals we haven't been there in so long um really yummy greek food uh so but that's kind of evident also in that he's trying he's going around the neighborhood trying to enlist people to also boycott and everybody's like no i'm not gonna boycott sals. i grew (laughs) up eating sales i'm not trying to put them out of business what are you talking about um, so he can't really get anybody on board, which I'm sure increases his his frustration right. because Sal I think it's also important is the whole interaction is like sal like the responses of people right like it goes from zero to ninety five in like a split second um and Sal is immediately screaming and getting his bat and like you know like what the heck so um You know, and then throws him out of the shop. So he's, like, feeling so rejected. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, kind of this escalating thing. And so when you feel wronged and slighted, you know, you you want to find somebody to to be in there with you um, and to kind of support that. So that that kind of kicks off the movie a bit. Um, But I wanted to talk about... Can we talk about Sal? Yeah. Okay. So... I made, a, it up. I made a few notes about Sal and then I scribbled it out. <laughs> and then I would write another note. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with this guy. But at the so it's established that um, and I can't remember the order now of what happens, but I did write down um Italian dad nicer than the kid. So at some point earlier in the movie, it there's established that um the older son, um Pino is very upset about being in the neighborhood. He hates his job. He hates working there. He hates being in the neighborhood. Basically does not like black people. The dad kind of goes back and forth because in the beginning, he's telling his kid to like calm down. Like these are good people, whatever. But then also he flips out on people at the same time too. And so I scribbled out my note because I was like, oh wait, never mind. He's not any nicer than his kid. But then on the other hand, he stops his kid. Like he just... He's, he was going back and forth. Like he had a lot of compassion for people more like the kid had no compassion for anybody. Um, so he had the capacity for the compassion at different times, but then he also smashed Raheem's uh, radio with yeah. a bat for like, escalated that for no reason. Um, right. And so I was very confused by Sal. Um, yeah. I had another thought, well, but it just left me. <laughs>
0: I think he, you know, he's the, it's a, it's a complicated character that is trying to do his best and trying to, um, you know, understand people. But I think part of his upbringing, part of who he might be, obviously we don't know Sal's life right, before this movie this starts, yeah. but uh, under the pretense of the movie and, um, Italian people in New York sometimes, uh, you know it's kind of a like the like his own son was saying I'm like if his if his son's a generation after him and he's saying that my friends my friends are making fun of me because we have a business in a black neighborhood which is just insane if your friends are making fun of you because your dad owns a business of any kind <laughs> like those are like he's like sells that those aren't your friends right like if you could if you could run a business if if I knew somebody who uh, their dad had a pizzeria or something like that and was making money, I'd be like, "Dude, that's an awesome situation." That's awesome. If you want to continue in that footsteps, you have a job right out of high school or wherever. Like you're already working there, so right. you have something that you could roll right into. I gotta go find something to do. So like those aren't even really friends. So I'm like, if the son's dealing with that issue, like how much is the dad possibly dealing with that issue? Hmm. You know, and and whatever baggage he's got going on. Above that, so it's it's a uh, yeah, it's like he and I. I think this goes into with that is like the question of can you love someone but hate the culture they come from? Yeah, I mean, right. I'm saying like yeah, yeah. he had this mm-hmm. relationship with Mookie and he had this relationship with the with the with the the community but was it a transactional relationship that was kind of like, I like these people under these circumstances. Like if he was just living in the town, if he was just living on that block, not making any money off of those people, how would he feel? Like, right. he, you know he, what I'm saying? That's, yeah. yeah.
1: He seemed to have, he seemed to truly care about the neighborhood. And he, um, like you're saying, like he was transactional, but also he said he was proud to have watched right. kids grow up in the neighborhood and like, right. you know, growing up on his food. He seemed to take pride in that. And he also truly seemed to care for Mookie. Um, But then it sort of, there was, it stopped. Like Uh, he had the certain people he cared for. He cared for Mookie. And 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 Mookie's sister. And Mookie's sister, which I have a point on that, which we'll get to later. But um, I remember why I was thinking about this more is because a lot of people, especially lately... Um, but this kind of happens a lot um, and we were talking about this the other day is when somebody does something bad or somebody does something crazy and then a lot of people pop off pop off and the first thing they say is like where are this person's parents? They must be terrible parents. this came this started in the home their parents taught them to be this way. Yes, okay yes that happens a lot. I'm gonna agree with that. but also you you grow up, right? So at some point you experience life on your own and you decide to keep being that person. Right. Which I know it's hard to fight where we come from and what we've grown up, but at some point you are still just kind of deciding to do that and be that way. And so, but it felt like this was kind of evident in um, this family. Maybe it felt like the dad was much more, had much more compassion yeah. Then the son and the son was just like gross and hate filled.
0: And then the other one and was then the just other like... son
1: was like was defending Mookie and like had that hard conversation. that I'm sure a lot of people are having right now with their own families is like he stood up to his brother and was like, you don't know that about Mookie. He was trying to say like, you know, we, we have to stay away from the black people. They're not our friends. Blah, blah, blah. They're bad. Yeah. And the youngest brother was like, you don't know that. I like him. He listens to me. We're friends. Da, da da And, you know, got into it with him. So you see three different results in the same family. So it's just interesting that it's not always... We, I right. mean, I don't know. We don't know his childhood, obviously. Right. That's not where the story begins. But Where's, it made the me, right? Where's the
0: mother? Where's the mother in the, the mom? home?
1: So it did make me... It just made me reflect on that because you see that a lot. Is like, oh, you. you know... Your parents taught you wrong and yeah. and teaching I mean parents definitely be talking to your kids, um, not saying racist things. <laughs> don't raise racist kids. it'll make it easier for them to choose keep choosing to be good, you know what I mean like right. um, oh. but okay. as adults, we can't just blame our racist family, right right I don't have a racist family. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're like please I'm not saying this is the first right. day of the experience.
1: It's not me. But if you do, if that's how you were raised, choose to be different. That's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah, the um I think 'cause Mookie had had a uh conversation with uh Vino and was like, Look, you like who's your favorite basketball player? He's like Michael Jordan. It's like who's your favorite um, I forgot oh, musician it and, was but, Prince I wrote this yeah. down who was the first one it, it was, was um,
1: oh your favorite basketball player was Magic
0: Magic it was yeah Magic. your
1: favorite singer um, Prince
0: there was a third one and your Prince favorite was
1: last. actor was Eddie Murphy
0: oh yeah he was like Eddie Murphy yeah Magic and then he was like who's your favorite singer and he was like he was like prince and he's and he's like savino's like no 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 the boss the boss all the way and he's like no 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 you're always talking about prince
1: pino this was the older brother oh sorry sorry
0: what name similar the bad
1: brother the bad one
0: (laughs) but um i think to me that's something that i experienced like i was the magic johnson or the prince or whatever of black people <laughs> in the town I lived in, people would say like, uh, and not all people, I know Carrie's on here, I know Aaron's on here, other people might uh, watch this later, but uh, you know, I would get a lot of like, oh man, I hate black people, but you're okay, Josh, or um, mm. you know, man, th- they're always doing this, this, that, 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 I'm glad you're not like them, and I was like, but I am them, like, what, what are you talking are you about? Because so, this like, character,
1: he said, they're, um they're not just black they're more than black
0: and he's like well you know
1: he was trying to explain like
0: right so it's it's really like if if i and that's what the question i was asking you if you love someone can you hate the group that they come from um you know it's a question that people have to ask themselves when they <laughs> the NFL had to come to terms with that, you know. Hmm. They're like, Oh, we love, uh, you know, I don't watch football. We love this guy and that black guy and that black guy and the other black guy and the other, you know, they like, We could just name black guys forever that play for the NFL. But when it came time to kneel, they were like, Ah, that's mm-hmm. that's whack. That's we don't need good. that. Black that people aren't going through people. anything. You know, we need to respect the troops and this and that. Like, black people don't serve in the army, um, or in any uh branch, um, and so. The, the NFL had to go, oh crap. <laughs> we're, we're either we were wrong or we're going to get creamed really badly and this is going to be bad for money. So we need to change our tone. Um, but I think that's the thing that bothers a lot of black, pe- black people is because our culture is so celebrated and loved and our contributions are so celebrated and loved, but our people are still treated like crap in right. in a, in in this society in american society so i think that was a really poignant thing that still rings true today and something that we're now finally taking bigger steps you know there's been small steps over the last 30 years but it seems like we're taking bigger steps now so yeah
1: well, that that was my discussion on Sal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was Sal, um,
1: and sort of the Sun.
0: So there, I think for me, there's a, a couple of things with the because I was fo- this time around. I guess I was focusing more on the African American characters. So some of the things that you see in the movie, if you've never, um, I don't know, been around African American people or uh, a group more than one or two. Or um, been to New York in the 80s or whatever. Like, so a lot of those things rang true. Like, um, there was, um, like, I, when I I lived in Queens, so it was a little bit different. But um, when I went to Brooklyn, I didn't, uh, when I would visit my grandparents in Brooklyn, we didn't go out much. My mom tried to protect me. Like, uh, I think we go over to Brevoort projects um, from time to time. Uh, which is around the corner, but we didn't really go out that much. There was like drug a lot of drug dealing and whatnot going on. There was a tree that had crack in it. They would sell crack uh, we called the crack, the crack tree. tree. Uh so we didn't go out that much in Brooklyn. We mom, mama had to push me under a car during a shootout one time. So um I didn't really get to experience all that in Brooklyn. But in Queens it was just like that. We we were um multicultural, multiracial, whatever buzzwords. Um, And we did all the stuff that you see in the movie, like people walking up to other people's homes and stoops, people sitting on the stoop, talking, people cracking on each other, um, people who were older, you know, showing your respect to older people. Sometimes people are not showing their respect to older people. But I think um, the thing that I was looking at was... um, the different types of people that they had. And, you know, these are a little bit general, but I was thinking um, there, was a, there was, like, the extreme, and these are all brothers, the extreme brother, um, which was, I keep forgetting his name. Uh, Glasses? Yeah. Bugging out? Bugging out, yeah. So he was, like, really extreme. Everything was sensitive. Everything is like, you stepped on my sneakers, blah, oh, blah. Yeah. You know, why do no little black people on the wall They're just, like, coming at it, like, hardcore. And you'll have, you know, uh, people like that, that's like, like conspiracy brother and, an undercover brother, you know, people are just like on it all the time and everything's like a big thing. And then, um, uh, Mookie was kind of like the, um, the keep the peace kind of brother. He was like, he's friends with these people. He's friends with those people. He doesn't really want to make waves sometimes for better or for worse but he's just trying to like survive and keep the peace between like all the different cultures that he's involved with um and then there was the militant brother which was Radio Rahim. like throughout the movie I think he only turned the radio down for Mookie like every other time the radio was just up the whole time like he went into the the pizzeria was up he saw the Puerto Rican dudes the batteries died oh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but he saw the Puerto Rican dudes and they had the volume battle. It yeah. was up. Like everywhere he went, it was up. He was mm-hmm. playing the exact same song. He had a mission. He was going to where he was going. He was getting pizza. He was doing this. And he wasn't really like fraternizing with people that much. He was like about no, his job. Was,
1: yeah, he just had his laser focus.
0: And so yeah, like I those those are definitely types of people that you might see probably in any culture. But I know like I've seen these people in real life and you know, they're portrayed in film and things a lot. Um and so I was like, Oh, those these guys fit kind of into those characters. Mm-hmm. And then you have then you have like the the crew or whatever. Like the people that kept coming around, like when they were um when they were clowning on the old guy Martin on Lawrence's Mayor. uh Yeah. Group. And so you have those type of people that are just they egg on people. They don't do anything. They're like, Yo, you gonna let him talk to you like that? Yo, B, why are you doing that? Like, yo. Oh, Alright, when blah. the
1: guy stepped on his shoes. Right. And they were trying to get him to go, they're like, Oh, I heard he was talking about your mom too. Yeah. And like all this stuff, and like uh bugging out was like, Yeah, you better go inside or I'm and they're like, No, go, go get him. You're not right. gonna let him go. So they were trying to get him to like <clears throat> to do more. <laughs>
0: I thought that, that same was funny because, you know, it's like uh, this white guy just kind of comes up, scuffs his shoe, which is like a huge, it's, it's still a huge thing um, to mess with somebody's shoes. Uh, but definitely back in the day, there's, you know, it's things that Jordan. happen uh, over shoes.
1: 108 with tax.
0: That's cheap now. That's what he said. Those shoes, <laughs> those shoes even scuffed are probably worth <laughs> right. a lot of money. Um, but yeah, he comes up and, he, you know. <laughs> I think it was just funny because he was like, "What do you know, say? Like, Go back to Massachusetts." He's like, "I'm from Brooklyn." Yeah, and they were yeah, like, yeah. Oh! yeah, yeah. You know, and I think it was just... and then just, they
1: were yelling about gentrification, right? Like this movie is so relevant.
0: Yeah, like it's yeah, gentrification's like it's, it's oldest. It's like right. Beauty and it's the always beast.
1: yeah, but it all feels like this all just could be happening right now.
0: The um, I think that's the thing is everybody. Like you're saying everybody wanted to be. Did you say heard,
1: or understood, understood?
0: Everybody wanted to be understood, but everybody thought that they had they they had sole claim to things. I think that's mm. part of the thing with with um, with cultural and racial issues is like um, nobody has like full ownership to something unless you like fully owned it or you created or started it. But it's like um, like I, I posted earlier about. Um, Actually, I talked to some. I think I talked to. I sent a video, and it was played for some professors. So uh, about, um, I talked about specifically like hip hop, and how um, it needs to be really seriously taken as a as a real art form. I've heard some students come to me who uh, produce and whatnot, and instructors have told them that hip-hop's not real music, and they need to focus on real music, which is extremely insulting uh, musically, uh, culturally, racially, all sorts of things, all the lees. <laughs> and um, I think the like like that street, nobody really owned that street. That wasn't like, you know, a lot of Black people live there, but also Puerto Rican people live there. Uh, I think the uh, presumably Korean family lived there. Um, the older sure.
1: guys, I think, were they maybe from somewhere else.
0: The older, oh yeah, yeah, the older guys. One of them was probably somewhere from Africa. One seemed Jamaican. The guy I was gonna guess on the Jamaican. left, African. I think the guy, on the on the right, the, Jamaican. And then the middle guy was just from the south. Right. Um, but you know, the like, so yeah. When I was talking about hip hop, it was like, there's nothing wrong with someone who's white doing hip hop at all because there's no ownership of, of that it's, but it's more of understanding the roots of it. So if you're going to move to, let's just say, bedford Stuyvesant, or like when I moved to LA, I don't, I didn't know LA very well. I didn't know what LA had gone through. I knew about the riots, but I knew as a, as a bystander. So one time I, somebody said, um, and I don't even remember, I think the LA was, it were the LA riots in June. I remember, but, um, Someone said, do you know where you were on this day or whatever? And I remember when the riots were happening, I think there was the NBA finals. So I posted about the NBA finals, just not paying attention. Then I looked and the people were commenting about trauma and different things that were going through the LA riots. And I was like, oh. I don't know this culture. I need to shut my mouth. Yeah. And so I think that's the thing is like, if you're going to go into something that you don't know about or something that um, a group of people have started and you want to be a part of it, you need to know the background and the history of it. So to be able to be able to bridge the gap, you don't move to France and say like, I own France, I'm French. You need to work your way into that culture and understand who the people are. And I think the people that lived on that block, they, um, whenever they got there, they kind of just claimed it and then were just like, you can't have any part of this right. in some ways. Like, you know, some people are being fun and jokey and, you know, but it, in, in many ways people were trying to be understood, but really not listened to Right. Anybody.
1: It was still a block. It was one block, but it still had pockets. Yeah. Even though it was all technically everybody was neighbors. So it was all the same neighborhood. Um, but it was definitely pockets with like bubbles. Right. I was gonna say earmuffs, but like bubbles,
0: <laughs> bubble muffs. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, on a on a side note, it's it was it was good to see a baby babyface Sam Jackson, um, <laughs> being the uh, what was his name? <laughs> it was a long name. Oh
1: yeah, was oh DJ. Oh man, let me find it.
0: But yeah, his I liked his character. I forgot that he was in this movie. Like I just I remember him in Jungle Fever, but I forgot he was in this too. And it was just good to see him be like a a super local i'm like was he just broadcasting on that block only
1: like, yeah i don't know it seems super local yeah
0: that's the interesting thing about like small radio back in the day is stuff like that could happen
1: mr like, senior love daddy
0: yeah that's what it was of people just kind of like commenting and saying what's going on on local level and you know pretty much he was just like here comes mo he's like i'm hungry and he's like and
1: <laughs> you oh know, yeah he's, he's, here look, now. he's here with my sandwich,
0: just being connected to the community in a way, you know, we have city radio stations and stuff like that, but just having like the really niche local radio stations is kind of a thing of the past uh, that we don't really have anymore. But yeah, it was good to see a baby face, uh, with Sam Jackson.
1: And Spike Lee was so young. So I think was so that was before you guys teeth Babies. Oh, this was uh, Martin Lawrence's very first film role. Dang. I double checked his IMDb to make sure, and it was because it was
0: like, was it was a house had, party right after this?
1: I don't remember, but I know he I had, feel like it was like soon. He had two um, TV roles before, um, but this was his first movie.
0: I liked his his big tongue character. Oh yeah, because he didn't. It didn't seem like he had a list. It seemed like he was just born with a uh-huh, big tongue. The big tongue, yeah. Yeah, I, I liked all the flaws that people had. Mm-hmm. You know, like everybody had some sort of like quirk. To where they weren't like pretty boy, pretty girl, like glossy thing, you know, whether it was physical or some sort of, you know, other thing, you know, it's just like everybody had a little, a little dirt to them. So it wasn't just like, you could kind of see your, not see yourself in these characters, but you could see these characters being people and not just like, oh, there's like chiseled abs, chiseled abs, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, size zero, blah, 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 you know, young, 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 young. right? It's like all sorts of different people. Um,
1: House Party was right after this. Yeah. yeah,
0: I knew it. You knew it. Um, so,
1: oh, since we're talking about casting, um, well, for a second, uh, uh, Lawrence Fishburne turned down the role of Radio Raheem.
0: Wow, I could see that. <laughs> I could see that.
1: Uh, Wesley Snipes turned down a role. I don't know what he was potentially going to have, but um, he turned it down to be in Major League.
0: I liked him in Major League.
1: Um, And originally... They wanted De Niro for Sal. But De Niro was like, no, I, there's too many. I can't do this role. <laughs> uh, he was like, was I'm like,
0: I've put too much into this career to right. do something like that. Not. No. I'm, no, I'm no Walton Goggins.
1: Thanks, but I'm not. That's okay. So Shout out to
0: Walton Goggins. I, I love him. So I'm, not, I'm not saying it's a diss. Yeah. I don't know how he's done those types of roles so many times, but it, I'm like, wow. Um, we talked about that on a, a previous episode like having to be um a racist or be a person that is a racial agitator or anything on the yeah on the cusp of that
1: um i but i think for him that might have even been more simple than that he just didn't want to play an italian pizzeria guy
0: <laughs> he's like i'm taking a break for that yeah was he I think he was, he did Goodfellas. I don't remember what year that was. But yeah, I don't know. That's, I don't know. that's interesting.
1: But anyway, so yeah, it could have been De Niro. But I would it uh, wasn't.
0: That's my De Niro. I don't know how his face <laughs> looks. Uh-
1: <laughs> so um, do you want to hear some of the other... Uh, did you know things I looked up? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, originally, this movie was with Paramount. But um, they wanted... Oh, it took Spike to two weeks to write this movie, by the way. Um, but uh, Paramount. I how much
0: it was written and how much was it?
1: Yeah, a lot of it was improv, by the way. Yeah, a lot of the scenes were improv. But um, originally it was with Paramount, but they wanted the um, climactic scenes toned down, and they wanted Mookie and Sal to hug at the end.
0: Aww. Aww.
1: And Spike said, "No, thanks."
0: That that is <laughs> ultimately a reflection of all the responses, and then they the.
1: Paramount's like, can you calm down a little what bit? What is it?
0: What's the word? That's all the r- responses I've gotten or seen of people being like, we're sick of this crap. And then someone goes, can't we just hug? Can right.
1: we <laughs> just get along? <laughs> yeah, so uh, Universal was like, we're not scared. Bring it. So, um, Yeah. So they got picked up with um, Universal and... So Paramount was obviously scared of it, right? And so then when it came out, some of the um, reviews were that um, they were afraid that this movie was going to cause rioting. Mm. And um, they even wanted the they wanted Universal to move the um, opening date, which I can't remember why, but um, something with when it opened. But Universal was like, no, we're sticking with this. I'll put my career on the line. Um, right this is going to be fine. And so anyway, so Spike Lee in a 2014 interview said that it still bugs him that that's what people were afraid of. And he, he said that it was outrageous egregious and I think racist to say that um, people wouldn't be able to handle this movie. And then he said, um, this is my favorite part. And he said, I don't remember people saying um, people were going to come out of theaters killing people after they watched Arnold Schwarzenegger films. <laughs>
0: So <laughs> Let's all get machine guns yeah. on the wrist. Yeah.
1: Um, so anyway, so that's a little bit about.
0: Yeah, I, th- that. It's, I mean, it's, it's so. It's something that like, there's a Malcolm X interview that Spike Lee did. Um, this was his name who got ousted, Charlie Rose. He did a Charlie Rose interview, and it was the same kind of stuff. It was just kind of like, oh, so I think this is the thing. Um, some white people are afraid that we uh want revenge. Mm. We just want to be left alone. Right. That's all we want. We just loved. just let us buy groceries, don't follow us. Just let us drive cars, don't follow us. Just don't follow us. How about that? Not unless it's just like, "Hey, you dropped your wallet." Like, other than that, <laughs>
1: then, then run after me. Yeah, don't follow <laughs> us.
0: Or like, "Hey, I think you're cute. Here's here's my number." Like, right. other than that, like we don't. We, nobody. Like, the the small small slither people always want revenge. The small small slither is very small, and if people just um, treated if if the if the government and the whole systemic racism society whatever words we want to use. Um, just treated this normally. And you just kept doing that. The people who felt like they want to revenge would be like, I got a nice house and I'm happy. Wait, my kind kids, of no point now. nobody, nobody's like my alarm didn't go off and no cops came with the guns drawn and, you know, hog tied me in front of my kids. But then they'll get over that. They'll be like, oh, it's cool. We're good. But I think it's stuff like that. where are like, there's always this fear that black people are going to somehow rise up and take over like we want to take over and it's like we don't want to take over
1: <laughs> so can i okay i know we want to we're having like we're talking about the movie but then we're also talking about other things so can i kind of go into like our other things yeah 1st second let's do it. it kind of reminded me of something i was thinking of is like the whole um all lives matter that whole thing and how that i feel like comes out of a place of fear mm-hmm. for a lot of people which whatever um And so I know there's only five of you watching right now, but if you're watching later and you're one of these All Lives Matter people, please stop. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. No. Like, it's just, it's like the right, like people being afraid that they're going to riot from this movie. It's just, it's kind of ridiculous. And so, um, but it's a place of fear and like not understanding. And, um, so for the All Lives Matter people, here's something to understand. Is Black Lives Matter, that whole movement going well and being supported will help all lives. <laughs> so yeah. get behind it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, now I can't remember exactly why that was tying into what we were saying, but it popped it into my sad. brain. So um, there we go.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think, um, oh, because we we're, were kind of talking about people thinking that Black people will riot or something. Like right, that. right, right. That's so, not what's happening. Yeah, I mean, it's. Well, it, yeah, yeah. It, well, we don't know who actually <laughs> riot. Right. Well, that's another tangent. Who actually did the most of the rioting, or whatever. Um, so, um, what was I going to say? With that is, yeah, it, you know, it's there's there's. Uh, oh, I forgot to actually write down that article. But there is an article that breaks out nine ways. And I mean no disrespect to people that feel this way. Uh, If you are, I can't do anything about it. But it's kind of sad that you have to figure out nine ways to tell somebody that that is not helpful to the situation to say all lives matter. But there's an article, nine ways, just look it up. I don't think we have a link and we'll put links to other things. Nine ways that you can explain to somebody that all lives matter doesn't make sense. But what I'll say to you, in a term that um, many people love, let's say there's a Chihuahua rescue. No, let's say because it seems like another thing. You know, I'm gonna stereotype here for effect. Um, a lot of I've seen a lot of more white people with pit bulls, so uh, pit bull rescue. So if someone has a pit bull rescue, you should not go and who would go and pick it. And be like, all dogs need rescues. Like, no. the pit bulls, it, like, we're focusing on pit bulls, right. because um, their pit bulls are, are mar- marginalized, actually. <laughs> There's a couple other dogs, I think. Uh, Dalmatians, sometimes it happened when 101 Dalmatians but It's like people use them and treat them horribly. So, sorry to categorize human beings with dogs, but somehow that's how it works. We got a display animals to get people to care about things right. because everybody cared about Harambe and then a black man was killed and they were like, yeah, whatever. So if you have someone or an animal or something that's being marginalized, you don't just go, eh, we need to focus on all of them. It's like, no, we're focusing on this group because they are being mistreated and they are hurting and we need to help them out. Just like fires, just like cities, like Flint, Michigan. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. we need to focus on the things. We can't just, you know, <laughs> do everything all the time for everyone. So,
1: and also, if I mean, if you aren't, I mean, I don't mean to attack, I mean, to educate on the All Lives Matter folks. Um, also, Aaron just posted a link. Thank you. Uh, we'll check that out and possibly add it to our list of resources that we're going to put on our page later. Um, but the, what I was saying is all lives matter can come out of fear and how you were saying people think people want revenge or whatever. But um, if you are in that camp, the que- the good question to ask is what are you afraid of? What are you so afraid of by black lives matter? Um, and that's a question to reflect. Um, why does it offend? Um, and is that a proper response? Right. Like what really is the problem? Um, and so, you know, sit with that and, Figure yourself out.
0: So yeah, my cup right here. I got this last year, um, Pride Month, T-Mobile. I support gay rights. I think people should be able to love and marry and live with or whatever, anybody they want to. Um, It doesn't matter. Um, So I'm black, obviously. I have my own agendas. But that doesn't mean that gay people shouldn't be given uh a platform because i have a platform and my platform's more important or we should just you know every platform needs to like i would never say if someone says we need to stand up for gay people I'm like and also black people like <laughs> it just doesn't make sense like we can kind of we can stand up for groups and things like that but when someone has a time you know you can also feel certain things like i felt i definitely felt when the me too movement was starting i was like where's our movement <laughs> But I was also like, yes, this is the time. Like, if this is the time, this is the time. Let's do it. But I was also thinking, what about black people? And also, like, last year, there was a huge, the advertising companies, as you could see, got way behind um, LGBTQ rights. Um, In a way that they really hadn't years before. And I was like, when are they going to do that for us? And little did I know it was next year. Um, It came under horrible circumstances, but it was literally next year. But I was very happy that people are seeing that different groups need special attention and need love and groups that don't get that attention. I think that's a big thing. If we're going out and, you know, sorry to attack straight white men, but if we're going out and only supporting straight white men all the time for acting roles and for businesses and for whatever else, like we've, we're, we're, we're not, um, helping all of society. There are so many women, there are so many black women, there are so many, uh, Haitian people. There are so many Spaniards. There are so many, uh, Croatians and different types of people that can really do a lot not only for this country, but for the world. But we only tell that story, and we're the United States is doing a better job. You know, Parasite won, and that's cool. But you know, how many of us have seen another? Uh, actually, there's a lot of people that are watching Korean films now. You know, a lot of and and K-pop and a lot of uh, anime and stuff. But still, it's like the majority of people. It's like I watched Parasite and I did my part <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> for Korean people. <laughs> I did my part for Asian people. Mm-hmm. It's like, eh. You know, we I've had to do a lot of soul searching more, even even up until a few years ago. As a child, I was very, very discriminatory to Asian people. And I had to really look at that and check that. You know, I had Asian friends, but same kind of thing. I didn't uh I didn't treat the whole of the group with respect and love. And I had to spend time and, with myself and go, wow, those things that, the, the things that people say, at least in the United States, about Asian people is, is despicable. And I had to really look at myself and say, like, I said some of those things. I thought some of those things. I egged people on in some of those things. And I think people have to really take a look at themselves and see if they've been complicit in these type of things, and right those wrongs and really stand up for people so when when that when a group is marginalized, we need to rally around them, and we need to help them, even if you don't know them or associate well to get to know them and rally around them at the same time, so that's what i'm whatever I was ranting about <laughs> okay. <Sounds good. laughs>
1: Uh, to so keep moving with the movie, I guess. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> so, uh, so I guess we can discuss the end or the the you know it's it gets to be nighttime. Everybody's had a hot day hanging out, mm-hmm. working, whatever they've been doing. Um, and uh, um, what's his name? Bugging out has has finally recruited somebody to his boycott, um, and he has got uh, Rakeem... Or, uh, Radio Rahim on his side. That would work too. Um, <laughs> Radio Rahim is on his side now, so they are going back to Sals to let them know that they are going to boycott. Yeah, um, and this is where everything boils over. Um, and it's a lot of like, it, it's just it's it's kind of like the um, enough is enough, I guess. Like he. He goes in with his loud, loud, loud music and he'd already had a confrontation with Sal earlier in the day with his loud music and... Oh, actually, he did turn it down for Sal um, yeah, he, to he, get his pizza. To get his pizza, yeah. Yeah, because Sal refused to, to serve him unless he turned his music down. He kept yelling about, you can't bring that rap in here. Yeah. And then eventually he says no music at all, but...
0: He's like, mostly. no rap, no music, no music. He just goes, then he's like, yeah. no music, no music at So
1: all. He, he turns it down and gets his pizza and leaves, but... um. Then they come back that night and he's got his music. And um, is this is a message from Aaron. Oh, no, oh yeah. thanks, Aaron. Yeah. Um, so he's back with bugging out and they're there to announce their boycott. Um. And then things just explode. It seems like there's nobody. It's kind of like now, like people shouting into Facebook at each other. <laughs> like nobody really wanted to have a conversation. Yeah. Everybody just wanted to shout what they were feeling at each other. And then Sal went bonkers and uh, busted up the radio.
0: Hey, this is Josh again. And don't forget to check out part two where you continue our discussion on do the right thing and race in America.